welcome to the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. Peace Church exists to glorify God and make disciples by helping everyday people experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast as we celebrate life change through the ministries of Peace Church. Welcome back to the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Perry, mobilization pastor here at Peace Church. This is episode 14. We are joined by Stephen Kimbrell. He is our church planner in Irvine, California, lead pastor at Grace City, Irvine. I believe this September is going to be the four-year anniversary of the church getting started. Four-year birthday. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, Stephen, what this is, man, it's just a chance for our church to just catch up with some of our missionaries and church planners and just to celebrate what's going on there. So, if you would, just for those that don't know you, uh, would just tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to plant Grace City Church in Irvine, California. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Thank you for having me. And I, I love your church. And you guys have been out a couple of times and the teams that you brought have been amazing. So we, we love Peace Church. We're big fans of you guys. And thanks for the support. Um, but yeah, so I, my quick history is I'm, I'm from Alabama, originally grew up in rural Alabama and uh, answered a call to preach there when I was a kid going to church camp. And then I went to college in North Carolina, met my wife there. And uh, we spent about 12 years in North Carolina. Most of that uh, was in New Bern, North Carolina, just up the road from you guys um, at a New Life Church. And uh, but God had something that God had put in my heart for a, a long time was uh, church planning uh, all the way back to college. And we actually helped the church get off the ground in uh, Pennsylvania for a short time. And uh, so that had been something that had been in our heart. And we came out to California for a wedding. I think it was back in, in 2011, I think and uh, came out, never dreamed in a million years that we would ever live here, but we were driving through this place called Irvine, and uh, just you could tell from the freeway that it was exploding with growth, and, and so on that trip, started reading about it, and you know, honestly, I was intrigued by the growth of Irvine for other people. I thought, man, some, some guys that are planting churches, this would be a great place to start a church with people moving out from really all over the world here and then God kind of turned that around on me and started saying well you know what if you were that someone who planted and you know I think like most of us you know when God asks you to do something initially you just push back and say man I'm, I'm from the south I couldn't move to southern California and start a church it just wouldn't work they wouldn't understand my southern accent all that stuff and uh it, it really took a, a a few years, God working on us, and it was something that didn't go away. And finally, we got to the point we realized, hey, this is what God wants us to do. And uh, long story short, we moved out with a team, and uh, in the end of 2015. So we've been here, we've been on the ground almost five years, and the church has been going for almost four. That's awesome, man. All right, man. So, what has ministry been like uh, there at Grace City Church since COVID? Well. I, it's been different. I think that'd be the understatement of the century. Sure. Um, you know, like you guys too, it's been different. Um, so we, we were actually um, shut down as far as having in-person gatherings for, uh, for 21 weeks. Um, I was just, you know, we were talking before we got on the podcast, we just had our first in-person outdoor gathering um, last night. And so, uh, but it's, it's been different. It's, um, you know, we had to, quickly shift everything to online and uh you know we had to learn a lot of new tricks and that kind of thing for 
fortunate people in our church that stepped to the plate and were able to come alongside of us and just, man, just be faithful and serve and, and help us stream our services and all those kind of things. And then we really started just trying to connect with people to, throughout the week online, you know, Zoom groups, um, you know, those kind of things. I'm sure you guys have, have done that kind of stuff too. And uh, building our, our, uh, our Facebook groups and trying to engage people more in there. And uh, so it's really looked different as far as ministering to our people. Um, I think one thing it actually did for us um, on an outreach standpoint is it really gave us the ability to minister our community more. Um, you know, the, we were a mobile church. We're meeting in a school. So, I mean, our rent here, uh, you know, in Southern California was about 7,000 bucks a month for a school, you know, four times a month. And so all of, all of a sudden we didn't have to pay that. And so we started looking at how can we reinvest that right now? And so we reinvested a lot of that monthly into serving our community. Uh, we were able to highlight a lot of businesses and, and able to, you know, um, purchase food from local restaurants, which helped them. Uh, and then also, you know, provide food for like, you know, our, our frontline hospital workers and, uh, you know, medical response teams or EMS, all those kind of things. And uh, so, you know, I think it's, it's weird. It's on one hand, it's taken away some things we used to do, but it's really opened up the doors for us to do a lot more in the community. So what's that going to look like uh, in the future? Is this these outdoor services? Is that something you're going to try to continue weekly or once a month? What's, what's that going to look like? Yeah. So our, you know, we've told our people it's a four week trial. Um, you know, we'll see uh, a lot of it's out of our hands. We're meeting on school property. And so, you know, if I think at any time, if the school feels like it's a liability, they could technically say, Hey, we're not going to rent to you guys. So if you guys could be praying for that, that would be awesome. We want to, we want to keep doing it. It, it went so well, our first one, um, you know, we had a great turnout from our people and then it's in the middle of a community. Uh, you guys have been there. I mean, the hub, the community really revolves around, uh, the field that we're meeting in. So, I mean, throughout the service, there were hundreds of people who either walked by or ride by on bike. And a lot of them just stop and listen for a while. Some of them stop and took videos some of them came and sat down in the service. And so um, I think it's an opportunity to, to engage people where they are. So, yeah, so our plan is we, we hope that we can continue with it. And um, I, I really could see it growing into something pretty awesome if we can do that. That's cool, man. So can you give me just like two or three things that God's really taught you through this pandemic? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think one would be, one of the things we've said throughout this is that uh, there's an opportunity in every crisis. And we've, you know, I think as a church planner, God teaches you that because you have constant, you know, crisis that come up or change things that you have to pivot on. And so rather than get discouraged and, and say, all right, we can't do this. We try to ask yourself, okay, what can we do? Um, and because certain things that may have been taken away, like I mentioned earlier, it, it has opened up the door uh, to new things. And, you know, I think about even last night, the fact that, okay, well, we couldn't meet indoors, but we had to meet outdoors. I mean, after the service, I'm standing out there having a conversation with a family that just moved from China four months ago. Uh, they've been at one church service in their life. And that was when the lady was a little girl in China. Uh, years ago. And so to sit out there and talk with them, they didn't even know what we, uh, they missed the church service and came up afterwards. So she was like, what do you do in these church services? And so, you know, to sit there and have a conversation with a person like that um, really is, it's an opportunity 
that we would we would have never probably we've never would have met if we didn't if we weren't um, you know shut down as far as meeting a person in a building. So I think that's one of the big things that we've really learned through this. Um, I think on a personal level, um, I think like a lot of us in ministry, I probably learned that I was a little too busy uh, before. Not that we haven't been busy now. I think obviously you know all of us are and we're busy trying to figure out things, uh, but it has forced me to be at home a lot more and you know it's been a lot more evenings just playing in the backyard with the kids and and I think you know for me and my wife we've realized there's some rhythms that we want to keep in place even after this is over so I think I think those are a couple lessons I've definitely learned throughout this that's great um so can you just tell us a little bit of what's the mission of Grace City Church yeah so our mission is to make disciples that make disciples plain and simple that's I it I love it yeah. Um, so how, like going on those lines, so what are some intentional things that you've done to create a disciple making culture there? So like for us on Arian at peace, you know, we made a shift, you know, as an established church to, you know, change the culture to be a disciple making culture. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you've done intentionally to start that from the get go to create a disciple making culture there? Yeah. Well, and you know, that's, that's our goal is, is to create that culture. And I think, you know, kind of our long-term vision is to have a church where it's just normal for people to make disciples that make disciples. And, you know, I would say, honestly, I mean, we're not completely there yet. Um, I think that's a, man, that's an ongoing thing. And we're constantly trying to figure out, okay, how can we challenge our people? How can we equip our people? And you guys notice there's always pulls away from that and you start, you know, getting pulled into focusing on other things. But, I think one thing that's helped is from the beginning, we've said that, like, this is, this is who we are. This is who we're going to be. And we really try to challenge our people to understand um, that, Hey, you know, it's not just the pastor up here. That's, you know, I'm not the disciple maker. Um, I'm, I'm to make disciples, but I'm to equip you to make disciples. And that's where it gets exciting is where every church member, every follower of Jesus realizes that they are the gospel carrier uh, the gospel incarnate that's going into their job, their neighborhood, uh, their families, and, and they're to make disciples where they are. And so um, I think that's what, that's what we're going for. Um, as far as what we've done, I think, you know, the good thing is when you start a church, you can kind of lay that foundation. So, you know, early on, we, we put in place some, uh, just some language, I think that helps us. I think you guys are familiar with that. We did a, um, a push throughout a whole year where, uh, our goal was to make, to build 300 disciple making relationships. And so, you know, that was a big challenge. I look back on that now. I think, well, that number was probably a little high. We were a church of 130 at the time. Uh, but what it did was it really, it stretched our people and, um, they started looking for those relationships. And so we had them, uh, we challenged them to do that. And then we had a website where they could come and they could, uh, you know, fill out a form and say, Hey, I began a new disciple making relationship. And we kind of defined it and that kind of thing. Um, so it was cool because throughout that year, uh, we were able to really set that tone. It's continued. Uh, but like we were able to see people in our church. Like I, I think about a lady that came to me and she's like stressed out. She's like, pastor, I don't have any opportunities to make disciples. There's, you know, there's nobody that I'm really doing life with. And then she just started telling me about, you know, this group at the school that she, her kids went to the school asked her to lead um, a group for moms um, that weren't native English speakers. 
and they just wanted her uh, to just get with them and talk with them and and talk about American culture. And so every week she was meeting with 10 moms from all over the world. And and then she all of a sudden in our conversation, she's telling me about this and she goes, oh, my goodness, I actually have a group of women that I, I'm already investing in. And maybe I am already discipling them in some way. And I could just be more intentional with that. I, I'm like, boom, that's it. That's awesome. Like, so I think it's just been challenging our people through different initiatives, but also really coming alongside, helping them see you've already got uh, the circle of influence. You just need to start leveraging it um, in a way to make disciples. So I think those are some of the things we've done. We just really try to be faithful and, and constantly challenging our people, sharing success stories, and then equipping them to keep discipling others. Man, that's great. Um, one thing you talked about was your language that you used. And so I picked up on your language while I was there and you talked about getting in the water with someone. So yeah. if I say get in the water with someone here in Wilson, North Carolina, <laughs> they might look at me like I'm kind of crazy, but what does yeah. that mean for you in your culture of disciple making there in Irvine? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it works here because get in the water is surfer language okay uh, matter of fact i had a guy yesterday at church tell me man i need to get in the water again and so uh, it goes back to when when i first moved here and you know being a boy from alabama that lived on a farm i didn't know how to surf but i saw i, I saw surfing on tv and when i moved out here i saw people surf and i you know it just looked cool like if you're gonna live in california you gotta surf you know and so i wanted to learn but um, I just, it was so overwhelming just to go and buy a board and walk out there and not know what you're doing. And I had different guys tell me like, well, read this blog, watch this video. And, and it just, I don't know, it didn't work for me. And then I finally, I had a guy in my church that said, Hey, if you want to surf, I will take you surfing. And I said, well, let's, let's go. And so he took me surfing and uh, man, it just taught me everything from, you know, here's how you carry your board here. You know, don't put your wetsuit on backwards. Don't do and, and just I watched him and learned. We, we, you know, we got in the water together and and man, he told me how to lay on the board, sit on the board and all of that stuff that just seems easy, but it's really not. And so we went, I mean, I don't know how many times I went with this guy. And he just constantly was coaching me and telling me what I did wrong. And then he would example it over and over. And I realized um, doing that, um, one of the statements I think he, he told me was, he said, look, you can't teach someone to surf from the beach. You have to get in the water with them. And I remember that clicked with me. And I thought, man, that's, that's what disciple making is all about. Sometimes we try to teach people how to follow Jesus. Just, you know, we preach it to them on a Sunday or we give them a, a pamphlet or a book and say, here, you know, take this. And those things are, are sure they're helpful, but you can't really teach someone to follow Jesus unless you're kind of in the water with them. And man, I, I learned some disciple making lessons uh, from, from that surfing experience. And, and what we're able to do is we're able to take that language and use that visual of a surfboard and put that in play in our church. And so now, you know, if I say to our church, like, hey, who are you in the water with? They know what I'm asking is, who do you have a relationship with um, that you're also being intentional about helping that person trust and follow Jesus? And so it's really just about that. It's about a relationship that you're intentional about helping them trust and follow Jesus. And that can manifest itself in a number of ways. It could be a, you know, Bible study you're doing with them. It could be uh, you're just you know, kind of like that surfer when that, when that, uh, he's teaching that other surfer and they go out for a wave and they come back and like, what did I do wrong? 
you're speaking into somebody's life like that and you're, you're letting them go and do things and they're coming back and getting advice from you. And so anyway, but yeah, that's where the story comes from is in the water as far as surfer lingo. I love it, man. It's so practical and I love seeing the parallels that are there. So I love that, that you guys have done that and you have that, that language that's there. And so I think that's, that's just so important. Um, man, so we call this our life change podcast. So our mission statement at the church is peace church exists to glorify God and make disciples by helping everyday people experience life change through Christ in relationships. And so what this podcast is, it's a platform for us to just celebrate life change within our church and then also just celebrate life change within the ministries that we support. So could you just share with us a life change story from Grace City Church? Yeah, sure. Uh, those are my favorite stories to tell and, and to hear. Um, I think for all of us, man, if we're followers of Jesus, that's what just, that pumps us up. That keeps us going. And um, I'll give you one that just happened um, recently. So if you'll go back with me to last summer, I think it was last August, um, our church was in the middle of this thing we do every summer. We're doing it again this summer called Summer Challenge, where we challenge our church to, to, um, to know God and know your neighbor. Uh, there's just two things. Know God, know your neighbor. We give them ways that they can get to know God and get to know their neighbor. And part of that was we were giving away these welcome boxes. And we said, oh, look, and you by gotta, the way, I totally yeah. stole that from you. And we do those, those welcome <laughs> to the neighborhood yes. boxes, totally stole it. And, and we, so I give you credit for that. Like <laughs> these church people, when you see those, uh, you see those welcome to the neighborhood boxes. Those totally came from Stephen and Grace City Church. So anyway. Good. Hey, look, man, we probably stole it from somebody. So, I mean, there are no original ideas out there. I, I'm glad you guys are doing it. Um, but we, we did it. And, and I had a neighbor move in um, like the week after we started it. And they were from, they were from Vietnam. And, you know, honestly, I saw them move in. I did like we all do. I'm like, ah, oh, they're, they're not going to want to know me. You know, I don't want to make it awkward. And my kids actually... Uh, came to their dad, the pastor who started the initiative and said, dad, we got to take a box of them. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And so we did, uh, we got to meet their family and they were so overwhelmed that this, you know, they love the fact this American family would do this. And so it sparked a relationship really quick. A few weeks later, we had our third birthday. They actually, the whole family showed up at our third birthday and then they started coming to church on and off, but we were able to build a really close relationship with their family. And, um, one of the crazy things is during that time, they asked me to come over to their house and bless their home. It was really more of, uh, you know, I don't know, they were just kind of superstitious about it. And so I said, well, let's pray over your home. And I came over to the house to pray. And when I said, let's pray, they all kept looking at me. And the dad said, oh, well, I know what prayer is, but my, he had three teenage kids and my wife, they don't know what that is. And he, he said, they're, they're, they're atheists. They've never been around anything to do with God. Oh, wow. This is amazing. And so I, you know, told them what prayer was and we prayed. And then you fast forward a few months, uh, they ended up, their marriage ended up breaking up. The dad left them uh, really abruptly, went back to Vietnam. And so just kind of left them here stranded. And, uh, but through that, we were able to minister to them and our relationship, I think grew even deeper. And when we went to online services, they, uh, they, they've not missed a service since. And so about, uh, I don't know, about a month, month and a half ago, I got an email from the mom and she said, uh, pastor, our whole family is ready to follow Jesus. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that's awesome, but maybe they don't fully understand what that means, you know? And so I said, well, let's, let me come by and talk to you tonight. And so me and my daughter came by and I just wanted to make sure they understood the gospel 
and that they weren't just like signing up like, hey, I want to be an American. I think sometimes people get confused with that. And so we talked about the gospel and man, they were all like, yeah, yep, absolutely. That's what, that's what we believe. We believe Jesus, son of God, he died on the cross. We want to follow him. And I asked everyone, I've never led, uh, Brad, I've never led a whole family to Jesus. I didn't know how that worked, but one by one, I just kind of got a confession of faith from them. And I was blown away and, and we all bowed our heads and prayed. And, and right there across the street uh, it, from my home, my neighbors accepted Christ. And, and then, you know, we started talking about baptism and it, it was so funny because the teenage kids, they didn't even know, like I, I had to explain what it was. And then uh, after I explained it, they still had this idea. They thought that instead of going backwards, you went face first, like a dunk, you know? And so, but it was so fresh and new and it was amazing to, you know, talk about these things with someone who had never heard. And so just two weeks after that, we brought a pool into our backyard, filled it up. And, uh, and we had a few people come over and we baptized their whole family right here in our backyard. And, uh, man, and then since that time, we've been able to share some, um, curriculum with them. The mom speaks still primarily Vietnamese. That's her language. And so, uh, we found her a Bible in Vietnamese. We found her a study guide and the cool thing. And this is the amazing thing about disciples making disciples is that she sent me, um, a thank you text after we got that Bible for her. And she said, I've sent a picture of this Bible to all my friends in Vietnam on social media. And I've been telling all of them about this church and what you guys are doing for me. And it's just like, that's when somebody gets it, that's what the gospel does. You just like, I, I got to share. This is good news. I got to share this with everyone. And so, uh, man, they're still growing in their faith, but uh, that's been the highlight of our, our last couple of months for sure. Since this has gone on, definitely an awesome life change story. Man, that's incredible. Uh, peace. Let that inspire you. Like when you pass out those welcome to the neighborhood boxes, you never know how that's going to lead to a Christ in relationship that may lead to an entire family coming to Christ. So, uh, man, grab yep. those boxes, take them out when you see somebody moving. It's a prime time to get to know somebody. Um, and it's probably the, the most least awkward time uh, yep. to knock on somebody's door. So thank you, Vance. Hey, Brad, and I, if I can encourage the church one more thing, last night at our service, we had two brand new families that came for the first time. And both of them were because a they gave their neighbor a box and, and then they built a relationship. And their neighbor said, well, when is your church meeting? And they told them and they came last night, both of those off of those boxes. So they really work. So let that encourage you guys. Man, that's awesome. Um, so as we wrap up this, how can we be praying for you and Grace City Church moving forward? Oh, man. Um, I just think, I, I think wisdom. We just need wisdom. I mean, you know, all, all of us are in kind of this unknown state right now. And so we need wisdom on, you know, every day is a, a new decision. And so we need wisdom on what direction to go and what we need to be investing our time in. And, uh, you know, and then I would just ask, we're just we're praying for, um, for more help, uh, for more leaders within our church, uh, to rise up and to, to take the lead of, you know, maybe uh, new initiatives and things. We see a lot of opportunities right now to reach people who are far from God. And, and some of it is just things that are waiting on manpower, uh, that we need someone to go in and, and to develop something to, uh, to minister to a certain group of people or reach a certain group of the gospel. So we're just asking God to, to raise up leaders uh, and specifically leaders that are, are gifted in a number of different areas. So that's probably every pastor's prayer, but I just see a lot of opportunities right here with uh, more manpower where we could reach more people. 
Awesome, man. Uh, so that, that man, this wraps up our podcast. One of the things we like to do with each person we have on here is we just have a time of just rapid fire personal questions just to kind of get to know you. Um, and so, man, just have fun with these. Some of them are really lighthearted. Some of them um, can be more serious. We've had people laugh. We've had people cry, answer to me. Oh it's, been, it's been all over the place. Um, so um, off the bat, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, I'm going to say chocolate chip cookie dough. All right. That's a good, that's one of my daughter's favorite. Yeah. Um, what book are you currently reading? Oh, uh, one I've got open right now is called good to great. And, okay. uh, kind of a, it's been around for, I don't know, 20 years. It's, uh, really written for business leaders, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But I think there's a lot of applications for the church. So that's a good one. For sure. Um, if you had to change your name, what would you change it to? Daryl. Daryl? Why, why Daryl? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've known some cool Daryls in my life. And so when anybody, you know, when I'm joking with people and they ask me my name and I want to mess with them, I always tell them Daryl. So I don't know why, but it, it'd be Daryl. All right. So um, what do you wish you knew more about? Brad Perry. Oh, I, dude, I'm <laughs> telling you. I'm it. I, I got a great question to hear, man. So give us your training because I've, I've gotten wind that you're an expert at doing this. So like what led to this? How did you um, come about doing this field? And if someone wanted to get into this, how could they do it? So tell us about um, how it is to be a dairy judge. So apparently you were on a dairy judging team. So how do you get into that field and, and what do you need to know to be a dairy judger? I don't even know who gave you, I, I guess my brother you know gave, who gave me that one. I had breakfast um, with your brother Nathan this morning. So, yeah. So <laughs> man, they really think that's crazy out here in California. I haven't even told anybody about that, but uh, yeah. So I did dairy judging in high school. I did it to get out of, uh, out of class. And somebody invited me, Hey, if you do this, you get out of class. And so we, <laughs> we actually started doing dairy judging. You just go in and you look at four cows and you know, you rank them and you tell the judge why. And uh, crazy story, my claim to fame. I've never, you know, I'm not a winner in a lot of things, but we won the Alabama state championship in dairy judging. In dairy judging. And, and we're invited to the national championship in Wisconsin. Uh, we ended up, we didn't go because my, my parents didn't want to pay for it, but um, <laughs> that's, it's the only thing I've been successful in. So, Anybody wants any tips on that, I can, I can hook you up. I still remember all that stuff. That's awesome. Give me this. Uh, what is your most embarrassing or your funniest childhood memory? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if I really want to tell you my most embarrassing. <laughs> That's tough. Let's see. Well, I, I, I don't know if this is probably not my most embarrassing, but I remember I was in the spelling bee and, uh, you know, in front of our whole school and, um, I misspelled the word luggage. That was pretty bad. Uh, I think I put one G in it. So that was, that was rough, but I don't know if that's the most embarrassing, but that, that comes to mind. Maybe I it still you. stings a little bit. I, I, need, I just needed a chance to redeem myself on that. For sure. All right. Right now, spell the word. No, um, no I'm not doing that again. <laughs> what's the title of the current chapter of your life? Oh man, these are good questions. Yes. Hmm. You know, I would probably say it's like a, I preached on this subject last night and it was called the in between and just kind of 
in, you're, you're in that state of you're not, you're not where you were, but you're not where you're going. It's kind of the in-between. And I feel like that's where we are uh, probably as a family, as an individual and as a church. Um, and I, I think, you know, that can be a scary place to be, but also I think that's where God does his best work. And that's where we are. All right. What is your favorite, your, your all-time favorite movie? Ooh, man. As soon as you said that, Gladiator came to mind. Yes, Gladiator. A Braveheart is hard to beat. Yeah. Anything that's like war movie, uh, you can sign me up for. I'm ready. I leave that movie, and I'm man. I, I'm ready to suit up and, and go to battle or something. Yeah, I, I still. So for me, Gladiator is still like yeah. I, I'm right there with you when he when he yeah. turns and takes his helmet off. My name is Maximus Decimus Brutus. <laughs> you know, I get chills every time, and I'm ready to fight. Um, all right, man. We're almost done with this. So if you could sit down over a cup of coffee with anyone living or dead, who would it be other mm. than Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. So I would say if, I don't know, if, I think definitely from the sports world, uh, it'd be Michael Jordan. Um, and that probably lands really good in North Carolina with you guys. Um, especially with Aaron, I think, uh, yeah, I think Michael, that was my childhood hero. And then watching, you know, the series that just came out on ESPN about them, I think just lit that fire again. So I think just sitting down with him, that's probably not a good spiritual answer, but that'd probably be who I'd want to sit down and talk with. That That's one because guy. You would, because you'd want to witness to him. We'll, we'll there you go. I'd, I'd witness to him, and then I'd want to ask him some more questions about the Bulls and get his autograph. So <laughs> For sure. All right, man, last question here. Other than your family, what are you most proud of? Mm. Um, you know, I would say it's what God's doing here in, in Irvine. And, and, and I don't say that I'm proud of that, and I don't think that, that I've done that. But, you know, I think that the fact that God's used our team um, to, to move here, and I think the fact that, you know, seeing life change happen, um, seeing a, a, a group of people, a church created out of nothing um, is, is a pretty awesome thing. And so I, I'm proud to be, I'm glad to be a part of it. That's been a, a really fulfilling thing in my life. Awesome, man. Hey, Stephen, thank you so much for your time today on the podcast. Um, for those of you that are listening, you want to, you know, keep up with Grace City Church in Irvine, I encourage you to go to their Facebook page. Um, they're putting out some great Wednesday night series, midweek stuff that, that they're doing that you can go back and look at some of their older videos. They're having some great conversations with, with different people. So, you know, definitely go to Facebook, follow them, go find their website. But, uh, man, keep up with Grace City, Irvine, and some awesome things going on there. So, Stephen, man, thanks yeah. again for joining us. Thanks for having me, Brad. I appreciate it, man. Love you guys. Love Peace Church. Man, we love y'all. We're proud of y'all. Peace, church. We will see you next week on the Life Change Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. We hope that you were challenged and encouraged today as you listened. Until next time, Peace Church, you are sent. Let's go make disciples.